Hello and welcome to the Abundance Secrets Show. I am Aya and I am your host. I am an abundance angel, a dreamer, a visionary, a creator, a coach, a consultant, an international speaker, an investor and an entrepreneur. I serve leaders, entrepreneurs and investors globally to create more abundance of love, wealth and health in their lives and in our world. My passion is to help launch your mission, make an impact, make money, and live in abundance. I have invested nearly half a million dollars to my education and self-development. My education and experience is in innovation, technology, spirituality, self-improvement, and entrepreneurship. Together with my guests, we will reveal the secrets to live a life of abundance. I'm looking forward to serve you and create more abundance in our lives. You can discover more on www.aya.ai. Enjoy the Abundance Secret Show! This episode of the Abundance Secrets Show is brought to you by the Abundance Secrets Angels. Abundance Angels, at your service to create more abundance of love, wealth, and health in your life and in our world. Abundance Angels is an online platform where people and organizations can find resources and share resources of abundance. Check out the website and mobile site www.abundanceangels.ai and sign up to find or share resources of abundance. Welcome everyone to the Abundant Secrets Show. And today we have Allie. Hi everybody. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Aya. <laughs> Thank you for, for accepting the invitation. And I am so excited to talk to you. We already had like a catch-up because it's been it's been quite some Too time. <laughs> been too long um so i would love to for everyone like i i know you also through the whole tony robbins uh tribe and um oh like seeing you every time at one of the events and you know always beautiful and seeing you now still beautiful and at the same time something has definitely shifted and changed i could tell from your energy so we also (laughs) talked about that um, so with, before we dive into those uh, stories and experiences, can you share about who you are, what you do, so that people know yeah, what you're about? Sure. So basically, I've actually been with Tony since 2004, which was when I had one of my, uh, one of my shifts that um, uh, was more at a personal, personal level. But today, I guess if I would be able to, you know, talk about myself or define who I am. It's really, it's a speaker, it's an investor, and it's an entrepreneur where basically I like to create opportunities for people. 
whatever that might be for them without judgment. Okay. Nice. Nice. And um, yeah, so let's, okay, let's, let's ask first the question about abundance because I really know that I want to talk about the whole uh, intervention, but let's first do the, the abundance. So what does abundance mean to you? Uh, how does it show up in your life and what are the secrets to abundance according to you? Okay. Well, for a long time, I chased abundance and really, uh, you know, like we were talking earlier, we all go through different breakthroughs at different times of our lives. And it wasn't until recently that I actually realized that abundance, it's not something that you chase. It's not out there. You know, it's not in the future. Abundance is actually a birthright. We all have abundance within us. The only difference is most of us don't know how to awaken that within us. So for me, abundance is a birthright. For me now, abundance is something that I awaken within. I tap into anytime, at any moment, anywhere around the world that I may need to. So the way I do that is actually, uh, there's a few rituals and we can talk about those as well. Mm -hmm. But it's really, I mean, it's, it's all about mindset. It's all about clarity. It's all about what you're focusing on. It's all about the outcome that you want to create. And it's really about giving because the more you give, the more abundance you have. You know, the more you put yourself out there and create opportunities for people to, you know, to bring them together, to share ideas, to grow, you're expanding human consciousness and you're also expanding the vibration. And there's no higher vibration than love. And when that happens, everything changes. I'm getting goosebumps and I'm talking to you about this, but everything changes, you know. And anything that you want to have, you want to do, you want to become, it's just, like I said, it's a woke, it's, it, it, it awakes within you. And then you basically can have anything you really, you really want. So the, the thing is, it's if, you know, if you imagine it like a, like the muscle, the more you kind of tap into that, use that abundance muscle, the easier it gets. And so for a long time, I was, uh, I, I'm going to say delusional to say mm -hmm. that I thought it was, you know, it was in the future. You know, it's kind of like, oh, yes, you know, one day when X, Y, Z happens, I will be happy or I will, you know, love more, have more, you know, be, you know, more fulfilled, be richer, have more money, all of that. That's absolutely bullshit. It's not in the future. It's not, it's not tomorrow. It's not uh, something that I strive for now. It's actually something that awakens within you. And the way to awaken within you is really through a few little processes like meditation, like keeping your mind, uh, calming your mind and being uh, more you know, more calmer and more still. And that was actually one of the things that you said to me earlier that uh, compared to when we last saw each other, which was a few years ago, I appear calmer. And that's truly because mm -hmm. I, I am. And meditation has actually helped me with that, especially transcendental meditation. But I've also experienced a more of the healing modalities from, you know, from theta healing, from Reiki healing, from, um, uh, gosh, the, the whole bio uh, energetic stuff as well. Being here in Playa del Carmen, there is an array of different healers 
plant medicine as well. Um, I've been uh, experimenting with that as well. And they all have served their purpose. But the biggest thing really that has made, it's made me realize is that abundance is your birthright and you awaken that within you. And that's the, that's the difference between somebody that's abundant and somebody that isn't. It's not that they're not equally abundant. It's just the one has figured out how to actually tap it out of themselves, awaken it within themselves. And the other person just doesn't know how to do that yet. And it's, it's, it's interesting because through the work that I do now, and a lot of it has to do with health because I believe if you don't have, I believe, I truly believe that health is the number one thing that you need in life in order to reach your full potential. So that's in business, that's in relationships, that's in your mission, that's in anything that you want to do or share with other people. If you are not healthy, then really you are not living your best life. You're not leave, you know, you're not having freedom and you're actually not using the abundance that, like I said, is your birthright. So health has been a major mission for me. And when I say health, I, I kind of, uh, we, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can explain health, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. for me, it's really a combination of a mindset with biohacking your body and, or rather your biology for a better body that will allow you to, to uh, quicker, smoother, easier, awaken that abundance within you. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like all intertwined together. Thank you. Okay, thank you. So that was uh, all about abundance and how you how we actually have that all as a birthright. And it's just like, whether we are aware of it or not, and then tapping into it, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you already mentioned one or two rituals, meditation being one of them. Um, if you look at the like daily morning evening rituals you have um maybe weekly monthly seasonally yearly <laughs> what kind of rituals do you have i know you you might have a bunch of them <laughs> i do actually we, we definitely do i think the most the most uh, difficult thing of people that we find uh whether it's our friends whether it's our clients whether it's our family even is the number one thing which really in my opinion sets uh, somebody from being extremely successful to just having a mediocre life. And that is actually being clear as to what it is that they want to achieve. So for us, it's, you know, we, we definitely have our yearly goals. We have quarterly goals. We have goals every six months. And we actually also have obviously weekly goals. And we, the way, like, for example, for myself, um, every night I end my day with gratitude and every morning I start my day with gratitude. And the reason why I do that is because I, I'm now at a point where I, I truly in my heart feel really thankful for the way my life is and for what I have achieved and for where I am and, you know, the direction that I'm going and who I'm with and, you know, where I live and people around me and my family and friends and so forth. So, um, if you, so in the morning I do the same thing. I'm, I'm really grateful for everything that I have around me. I then begin to, to meditate just to calm the mind down. But then I also get really clear about the outcome that I want to achieve today. So for example, if it's, if it's meetings that I have, if it's, um, 
you know, podcast interviews, if it's finishing up, uh, you know, a, an article, a blog, if it's doing a video or doing a live, a Facebook live or whatever it may be, I like to get really clear as to what exactly I want to create or I want to achieve. And once I'm really clear, I also go through the five senses. So that's, you know, that's touch, taste, smell here. I go through the five senses and I imagine my outcome through each of those five senses. And then it's like, um, it's kind of like, I guess, uh, you know, law of attraction meets, you know, personal awoken abundance. And I get the, the, the feeling that that's already happened. And again, that I'm grateful and I have gratitude of how well it went, you know. But on top of that, we also do breathing exercises as well. It's, uh, it, it's the whole mindset of being really, really clear and focused so that there's no room for distractions. What, you know, time is very, very valuable. It's one of the things that you can never get back doesn't matter. You might be able to pay for time, but in terms of you and your own life, once that time is gone, you can never get that back. You know, the, you know, they say we are the youngest uh, that, uh, you know, we are going to, to be today. So let's enjoy the day and let's actually create something today. But meditation is, is a big part. Being grateful is, a, is, a, is big as well. Having actual uh, written down goals of what it is that you want for the outcome of the day. And I go through those throughout, um, throughout the, the whole day to actually achieve what I want. And it's simple to do. I mean, you don't have to start off with, you know, by now I can train my brain to go through maybe 20 or 50 things during the day, but you don't have to. You can just start off with one thing. The important thing is that you're really, really clear. You give gratitude like it's already happened and you focus on that specific thing until it is actually accomplished. Um, another way of doing it, and, you know, not all, it doesn't always go to plan, right? Because, you know, life always has um, different ways of showing up uh, and knocking on your door. But, and when that happens, you've got to be really good at refocusing and you do that by asking better questions. It's like, you know, how can I reach whatever it is that you're trying to reach today? The, the times that you can do this and you're in flow are the times where you are actually able to create and to vibrate at that level that everything we spoke about this earlier, everything, you know, you've got that back wing. I like to call it riding the wave. Mm, yes. <laughs> you know, I like, I, I usually say I ride the wave because you know, you, you really are like everything is just happening for you at the right, um, at the right time. So you really are. I mean, one of the things that I, uh, I also like to write, I'm a big on paper writing and um, in the morning I, I do spend about an hour of writing who I am. And uh, one of the things that I write, and I've been doing this probably for six years now, is, um, well, I'm going to give you two. One of them is that I can solve any problem in 20 seconds or less. So anything that, that happens that might not be uh, at, the, at that level of, you know, calmness and life going my way, it's like I can solve it in 20 seconds or less. But the other thing that I write down is that I am always the right person in the right place at the right time. And, uh, you know, you, you, you started off with I am. So I am the right person in the right place at the right time. You know, I am a, a money magnet. I am abundant. I am free. You know, I am in the most amazing relationship of my life that's growing daily and it's filled with unconditional love. You know, I am peaceful. And, and it's just, you know, and I go through these and I write them down and it, it, it does def definitely alter your psyche and it definitely alters 
the person from where you were when you started to where you are now to definitely the person that you are becoming. Because, you know, as they say, the, the hardest and the worst thing about life is to actually reach the end and not actually take full advantage of the person that you could have become. So, yeah. Okay, Ali, thank you so much for sharing about all your rituals to live an abundant life. Um, I definitely recognize a lot of them and I'm also a big, big uh, fan of gratitude and meditation. I think those are like almost basic kind of uh, in life. So let's move on to this topic that I really want to deep dive in uh, with you, the relationships. <laughs> and uh yeah how your relationships are the relationship with your higher self with you know source nature and also with your family you know uh, we talked about a little bit about your mother so that's an interesting one and obviously your partner i mean when we talk about relationships the one thing that obviously i and a lot of other people that we know think about is the relationship trip in Maui where you had a intense intervention with Tony and that completely changed. Like after that, <laughs> it was so different. It still is. So I don't want to say a lot about it. I would love for you to, yeah, talk about that intervention if that's okay with you and then relationships in general. Well, yeah, it was, uh, I had no idea that what, what transpired was going to transpire because had I known, I probably would not have raised my hand, <laughs> but it happened. Basically, I think the biggest thing for me about that intervention was really allowing myself to be vulnerable enough to actually have outside help because for a long time and being an only child, I thought I was invincible. I thought that I had everything under control and it was about control because I left home when I was 17 years old. I didn't have a father figure growing up and I, I guess adapted to what life threw at me in the best way that I knew how, which was to be really, really masculine, to be in control, to be controlling, to kind of really only see it one way, which is like, you know, with the blinders on that unless, you know, Ali got whatever she wanted, it was all about Ali. Um, Ali was very selfish, but, Truthfully, up until about that time, it had worked really well for me. Um, I remember my first uh, UPW in 2004, I walked out of there saying, I'm going to buy property a year for the next 10 years and retired. And I actually did that. And I actually managed to do that in nine years. And I can maybe, maybe looking back now, I would say maybe I could have still done it if I was, you know, in my feminine and so forth. But the truth is I achieved what I wanted to achieve. Um, in, in that particular time. Unfortunately, you know, that, the, well, all fortunately, the great thing about life and the great thing about us as human beings is that we're always evolving. So you cannot, you cannot really stay the same, like you need to grow. So you're mm -hmm. either growing or you're dying, you know, mm -hmm. and that's the same with everything. It's, it's true with ourselves. It's true with any relationship that you may have, whether it's a business relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's, you know, you and a partner, whether it's whatever, whatever type of relationship, if you, if it's not growing, if it doesn't, you know, prosper and just get more, you know, more radiant and more beautiful through growth, 
it's really just dying. And that's kind of sad. So at the time that Tony did the intervention, I was really ready to, I guess, embrace change. Now, I've always loved change, but I was scared to death about becoming vulnerable and becoming feminine because I used to think that being feminine was really weak. Mm-hmm. Um, for a long time, I mean, even to this day, I mean, no, that's not true. Today I do wear pink, but I, I wouldn't even wear <laughs> pink because I used to think that was, you know, a really weak color. You know, it was like red all the way, baby, you know. And so it was, it came to a point at a point where I realized that in order for me to, uh, to grow into a new version of me, the old me had to die. And that was kind of scary. And it was mm-hmm. painful because, you know, I liked the old me because the old me, you know, filled all my needs for certainty. And I knew, you know, when I was in control, I, I felt good and I had my significance and my certainty, my connection with myself and all the love and all of that kind of stuff. So, it, it you know, when you're talking about the needs, it, it, it felt so good on all different, on literally all of the needs. And Tony says, if it fulfills three of your needs, you're addicted to that. So it was like a crazy eight of, you know, the more aggressive I was, the more in control I felt, the more I achieved, wasn't fulfilled, but I definitely achieved. I achieved a shitlot. Oops, sorry, am I supposed to swear? Yeah, sorry. You can, you can. <laughs> I achieved a lot, but I was not fulfilled. And I knew that I had to change that in myself. So when Tony did the intervention on me, it was, and again, it was definitely not planned, not rehearsed, not anything, but that's the beauty of, of Tony Robbins is that he got me to a place where I was, I felt safe to actually feel vulnerable enough for him to talk to me so that I would actually change. Because the truth is like, we all know the truth, you know, in our hearts, we all know the truth. It's just some people, it's harder for them to admit the truth to themselves you know, like you were saying earlier, you know, you had to stop bullshitting yourself. Um, you actually had to look at the truth for what it was. You had to actually allow the truth to pour out of you and to be the truth and be authentic and be that higher, you know, you know your higher self and really serve yourself as opposed to self- serving everybody else around you. And I did that by getting really, really vulnerable, but also admitting to myself that, you know, what I did in the past is not going to serve my future. And if, if I wanted to, I mean, at the time, I kind of wanted a relationship, but I wasn't really focused on, on that. Uh, truthfully, it, and, and I'll admit it here, I, at the time, was a serial uh, app user, like a dating app user. I, would, I was spending got hours a day on that uh, in the hope that I would find the one, even though I knew that that wasn't going to happen. But again, it, you know, it met my needs. I was addicted to the thing. And it wasn't until I understood that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to allow yourself to not be in control, allow yourself to kind of get led by somebody else. The whole thing, the whole thing changed for me. The whole game changed for me. And, you know, eight weeks later, uh, I mean, when I met Jonathan, the truth is I actually met Jonathan three, well, 2016 at UPW when we crewed together in San Jose. And yeah, yeah. I, you know, and, um, <laughs> and I, I knew he liked me, but we kind of didn't really, um, didn't really have much communication at the time I was in Australia. He was in DC and it just didn't, it just kind of like sat, 
you know, mm -hmm. and um, everything, I guess, happened uh, at Date With Destiny, which was when we reconnected. But the thing is, there's nothing more beautiful than the feminine energy and the masculine energy. There's nothing more beautiful than using both to feel authentically you in order to give yourself and everybody else around you the pure higher self of who you really are. Mm -hmm. And when, when you allow yourself to do that, that's when actually people see the real you. And that's when people see, you know, your authentic truth and who you are and people are drawn to that, you know, and that's kind of how it was for, for us. But um, yeah, Tony definitely, Tony definitely made me also see how conditioned I was to the bullshit, how conditioned I was to, I mean, I say bullshit, and I mean bullshit in the sense of how I actually allowed it to be that because I should have known better, you know, because with, you know, and I mean, you know, I've been in personal development since 2004, but that doesn't mean that, you know, my life is perfect or that, you know, I, I know what I'm doing or I know to make the right decisions or stuff because sometimes we all get it wrong. Mm -hmm. But we, as long as there's growth, like I was saying before, as long as we're growing, then that's the best thing that we can do. So for me, it was more like, I couldn't believe that I had allowed my mind, my body, my psyche to be influenced by so much conditioning, one from my mother. And then I look at that. And again, you know, Tony says, if you're going to blame, blame for the good as well as for the bad. And, you know, she really did the best she could with what she had. So I definitely don't blame her at all because she just didn't know any better. Did it serve me? Absolutely. Like I said, I achieved, I achieved a lot of things, but it definitely did not fulfill me. And, you know, her life is not fulfilled. It's just, in a, you know, like right now, for example, I actually spoke to her the other day for an hour and a half and that hadn't happened in such a really, really long time. But the truth is I still, it's not that I keep her at a distance, but I like to not really speak to her. Like I'll speak to her every couple of months. I don't speak to her every single week or every single day. And that's just my choice because I also, you know, when you reach that high level of consciousness, it is all about energy. And um, she's kind of like a bit of an energy vampire. And, you know, the, the truth is, you know, you can pick your fans, but you can't choose your family. That's totally true. However, you can decide how much time you would spend with your family. And if they are, you know, unhealthy for your mind, if they're unhealthy for your body, if they're, you know, abusive in any way, shape or form, then you have that choice of not allowing them into your space. So I choose to do that with my mom. But the, the most important thing was actually, you know, becoming you know, self-aware and, you know, elevating my higher consciousness to know that and to make that decision because a lot of people, and I see a lot of my friends as well, you know, like I have friends that stay in abusive marriages because of the kids. I have friends that are totally unhappy, but they're still there for, for their family or, you know, they don't, you know, they might hate the, their job or they might hate their business or they might hate where they live, but they make absolutely no um, no decisions, no action to actually change that. So that for me was a big kind of like a wake up call to realize, you know, 
this is because the truth is I actually wasn't didn't even notice like you know and this is and this sometimes happens it's kind of like you know five years go by ten years go by fifteen years go by and you don't even realize that what you've been doing has actually not been serving you and it's actually you know has has stopped you to create the best version of yourself and also your best life so it was a big wake-up call for me when that happened and um, yeah, you know, like Tony said, it was just a two millimeter shift, but within eight weeks, my life literally changed. So um, very grateful for that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, I mean, I remember like back before you were a single, a serial dater as I, <laughs> as I have been as well. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. And then before we all knew it, I mean, I remember a date with Dustin. I remember the relationship trip when you had the intervention that was like a biggie. And uh, we all have obviously conditioning from our parents, like a mommy issues, daddy issues, right? Sibling issues, if you have siblings, siblings. I mean, it's not just issues, it's the love and then the issues that come with it, if you stick to the conditioning. And then I also remember, yeah, Date with Destiny a couple of months later was like, oh, wow, <laughs> you found one. And then a couple of weeks after that, I was like, okay, we're married. I was like, what? This is like unbelievable. But it was so, it was so inspiring. It was so beautiful to see you kind of being like cracked open, you know, that masculine side is, yeah, a lot of women, a lot of high achievers, you know, type A type of people have that masculine energy and it has brought us to where we are at that point. And like you said, in your daily rituals, it's like I'm at the, I'm the right person at the right place at the right time. So, you know, and everything comes with divine timing, right? Where, where, where you are at your journey. So it was time for you to just uh, meet, meet your feminine energy and your feminine side. And uh, you definitely embraced it. And that's really inspiring because it does take a lot of courage to be so authentic and vulnerable. Yeah. You know, that vulnerability, especially if you're not used to it, because, you know, it could be that the vulnerability has caused a lot of pain. I mean, that's why we don't want to be vulnerable, right? Right. And uh, also with the conditioning, I mean, we're all you know, we're talking to humans here. So we've right, all right. had, at least we've had parents, you know, because we're here and um, whether they have been in your life or not, that's another question, but um, we've all had our conditioning, our, the good, the bad and the ugly, right? And it's just a matter of in your consciousness, when you become conscious of, uh, of what has happened and what meaning you gave to it, in how it has empowered you. And at some point it's like, oh, it's not. So let's recreate and reprogram ourselves, right? And it's very interesting because I've, I've talked about this also in the past interviews about a recent discovery that I had about a, a you know, another trauma from when I was a kid. And now I can laugh about it because I kind of did a lot of work on it already, kind of moved on. And this is definitely something, you know, it might change over time, but at this point, I definitely agree with your perspective and your experience on, uh, yeah, on, on family, friends, whoever. It's definitely about guarding our system, you know, guarding ourselves, you know, what we let in through all the different vibrations, through all the different senses, and in terms of people, definitely, like, what kind of vibrations do they have? How yeah. do they talk? Like, how do they make me feel? 
And sometimes when I talk to people um, that are also somewhere in their journey of consciousness, you know, you have that, I don't know if you remember, that was like somewhere in the beginning of that coaching journey, it was like, so maybe you can talk to people and to say like, hmm, how does that feel? Or it makes me feel like this and that. So that's something, the whole, how it makes me feel. So when people talk about that, it really annoys me now or a lot because I'm like, I've passed that station. I've passed the station of letting someone else know how it makes me feel, you know? Now I'm at the station at, I'm just going to totally ignore and block this person in my system. You know, I'm not even you know, going to, yeah, please, please respond because this is a big one right now. Well, here, here's the thing. I mean, the, the truth is, if you have, uh, you know, read Joe Dispenza's books or been to his seminars, you yes. know, Joe Dispenza clearly states that by the time we're 35 years old, all that we are is a set of old conditioning, old habits, old behaviors, old thoughts, which lead to actions, but they're not really us. They are of the old patterns. And it's really interesting because there, there's a neurological connection between your mind and your body and you will actually your body actually reacts yes. uh, based on the trigger that it gets so for example i don't know let's say that you acted a certain way um, you got mad because i don't know you know back then mm -hmm. and today in the present you know your partner or a friend would trigger something and you basically your, your body gets mad in automation because that is the old pattern and the old conditioning and the old software that it runs on. So unless you are aware that that is happening, you can't really change it. And, you know, how do you change your, your brain? Well, you have to allow new thoughts to be, um, to be, to enter your mind in order to do, to have new habits in order to have new actions. And the hardest part is really, becoming aware of that you know mm -hmm. but as they say you cannot have you know a 2020 uh, pc laptop desktop with you know a 1980 software program it just doesn't work yeah. that way and when you're looking at, at at us as human beings it's the same thing so i think our parents you know back in the day where there was less options less opportunity than there is today they had you know, like I said, I'm sure your parents did the best that they could as well. Oh, yeah. My, my mom did as well. And that's because it's not so much that they didn't know better, but that is the truth. They didn't know better mm -hmm. because had they known better, they would have made different different options. Mm -hmm. But there was also less there for them to engage with, to, to grow from, to learn from. And that's what's beautiful about living in the 2020, that we actually have everything that we need at our finger, fingertips. Like I said, abundance is all around us. Everything we need is like right there. You just got to tune into it, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I we're definitely on the same page there. And um, um, yeah, it's like, I definitely recognize also the being aware of the, those responses in your body, right? And mm -hmm. um it's interesting because I definitely recognize how the body can respond in the way, like how it can trigger and give mm -hmm. a certain message. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. How I like how I've lately come to experience that is that the body is actually also responding. I mean, at least that's how I'm interpreting it. That it's also responding like, hey, this is not what we do anymore. Like that's actually it's kind of almost the, the, the other way around, where it's like, hey, the because the, the the environment, you know, the people who know you since you were, you know, little, they will still keep up their their same pattern right. and their same attraction. It's right. just that when you've already evolved and changed, it's kind of like, huh, what's this? It's weird because yeah. it's almost like you've become a different person. And it's kind of like, why the hell are you talking to me or acting like this? Like, this is not, this is not acceptable. And it doesn't have to be a big thing, right? But it's like even the smallest thing. So in uh, what I find in the, in the upgrade, right, being upgraded and upgrading yourself, it's kind of like an upgrading, but to your true self, to the source. Right. Yeah, right? to your authentic self. Yeah. And um, with that, with that upgrade, it just doesn't communicate with that old, you know, the old software anymore. So it's really like, it just doesn't work. And um, yeah, like you said, you know, uh, obviously, you don't, on the one hand, some people say you do choose your family, right? Uh, That's that you can choose where you're born into. And that's where you get your lessons from um, other types of lessons and how you grow. Um, and at the same time, I totally, totally have the same perspective. It's like, well, you know, you might be family and you might have not done like something completely wrong, but I can still choose when and how I want to interact because yeah. it does, you know, the new program, the new upgrade cannot just tolerate that anymore. That's just the thing. It just doesn't go. So, um, yeah, let's, and let's talk about some memories. Do do you know what your first memory was? Do you remember? When you say my first, first memory, what are you actually specifically, um, asking? Are you talking about my first memory that I actually can ever remember or? Yes. Can ever remember like your first memory ever, like were you, how old you were, what it was, it doesn't have to be like groundbreaking. I'm just curious because. I also okay. see a pattern in what people say. Sure. I'm just curious. It's cute. Um, I, I can remember it. It's, it's, it's quite dull and dark. Uh, I was actually in my mother's womb and she was arguing with my father and they actually had a car accident um, and the car rolled over. Like, yeah. So uh, it was, it was um, basically one of the reasons why my mother really, I guess, uh, ignited the the masculine in me so badly was the fact that she actually always wanted a boy so she never wanted a girl and as a result I was dressed like a boy um, I was I should have actually shown you the photo I, I was literally dressed as a boy um, had short hair and everything had my little bow tie it was crazy like it was you know, but she yeah she she wanted a boy because she didn't like girls and she treated me like a boy um, I guess, you know, and, and that's how it really sort of started. But it was, it was, you know, for a long, uh, for a long time, I, um, you know, it, you know, Tony goes, there's, there's, you know, people, uh, I have the fear of not being good enough and not being loved. 
And it was kind of like, when I first heard that in 2004, the first UPW, I was like, what a stupid thing. What's wrong with these people? How can they not know that they're good enough and then not loved? But what actually happened was I suppressed that about myself for mm. over 10 years. Like I just didn't, I, I was just so resistant to it that I just couldn't even, I, I wasn't even allowing myself to kind of go, hey, maybe this is something that you've gone through. Or maybe this is something that happened to you. And for like 10 years plus, I literally oppressed that, that, you know, that, you know, I thought everybody else was crazy. I thought, no, that's, that's, that, that's stupid. You know, how can you be like, how, what are you thinking? You know, but the truth was later on when it actually came out that um and i did a few you know past life regressions and all that kind of stuff where you actually go back to you know in the room and so forth um it was interesting because that really was what it was you know it was like she never wanted me uh, as female you know i was an accident because my mother had apparently my mother had this thing where you know back in the day you know they didn't use condoms and apparently she was able to dodge all those bullets and one night with my dad and it was a you know it was a one night stand and poof I mean my dad fell madly in love with her but she just did not have the same feelings for him but um yeah she never wanted to have me she never wanted to be with my dad she never wanted to be married to my dad she had I think four abortions after that um so it was you know it was very dark and I I Think about how she must have felt, you know, she was 27 years old, um, didn't want a child. She wanted to focus on her career, but then she fell pregnant. She couldn't go and study anymore because that was just not what you did over there. You know, she had to, was forced to become a, a house mom and all this kind of stuff. And it really sort of rocked her world. You know, she wasn't, she wasn't expecting or, or happy to be, to be, um, you know, a mom. Uh, back then there was, even though I actually did have a nanny, it was like, it wasn't, you know, like help back in the day, you know, you know, 30 something years ago was not something that everybody had access to or, um, or everybody did. I mean, my dad provided that for her, but it was still really difficult on her. So she grew up with, as time grew on, she had all this resentment in her that obviously she wasn't good enough you know, that, and, and, you know, who would love her now, like, because my dad was giving me all the attention. So it kind of like was such a bad, you know, crazy eight. And as, as, um, as I grew up, um, you know, she also resented the fact that, you know, my dad and I got on really well. Like I did, I was daddy's little girl until I was eight years old when they did divorce, mm -hmm. which was like, happy birthday, Ali. Your parents are getting divorced now. Who would you like to go and live with? By the way, Merry Christmas and have a happy new year. This is like Whoa. three weeks, two weeks before Christmas, you know? And so it was, you know, like I said, I mean, I don't blame her for anything. I totally understand and stuff, but it definitely uh, oppressed the, that fear in me of, you know, am I good enough? And, you know, am I, am I okay to be loved and will I be loved? But I never really even looked at that into like a few years ago. And it was like totally resistant and repressed inside me. And that was, again, a, a big, a big shift for me to sort of, you know, understand that. And even now we, you know, like I said, we don't, there was a time where I could literally only be with her for 30 minutes before we would totally like get at each other's throats, so to speak. Uh, but that's really all fear that was, you know, speaking inside of her because, you know, I guess when it comes to family, 
everybody loves you as long as you're on their playing field and as long as you're at that level, you know, but as soon as you sort of go a little bit higher or vibrate even higher or just, you know, exponentially grow, it scares the fuck out of them, you know, because they don't know, they don't know that they can do that. They don't know that they can be there. They don't know. So it's, you know, it's uncertain for them. There's no certainty. So their needs are not being met, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they're not the most significant person in, in, in your world, it's something else. It's, you know, whether it's somebody else, whether it's a new business that you might have or the new you that you've embraced or the new relationship that you have, or, you know, you doing something like, for example, you know, like, like I said, for, uh, well, part of my, my whole money issue thing was also the fact that I had a food addiction and I was overweight for a really, really long, long time because I just didn't understand uh, that food was a way to, for me to connect with myself and to actually get all my needs met that I didn't wasn't getting from her. It was like the love that I never got from her. Mind you, she would always overfeed me because that was that was the only way that was the only thing that she could actually control about me because she couldn't control me in any other way um, because I'm, I was very you know strong minded that way. So nobody could tell me what to do. I mean, still today, nobody. <laughs> it's still difficult for people to tell me what to do, but definitely you know I used to say nobody tells me what to do and least of all my mother so if my mother can't tell me what to do nobody's going to tell me what to do and again it was one of those things that I ingrained in myself and anchored in myself that served their purpose you know but yeah it was it was the one thing she could control she would she could control how much food she gave me because she knew what foods I liked and so forth so she felt connected to me by you know by giving me this excess food I connected to myself through food. So it's kind of like a win-win for the both of us. But that resulted in a 30-year-plus, you know, food addiction. I mean, I remember when I was 13 years old, I was, she was taking me to the doctors to, to, to get me subscribed um, weight loss pills, you know. And that went on for, for, for years, you know, for years, uh, at least from 13 to 18. Um, I mean, I took them constantly, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how the whole... I mean, you know, what do we want as human beings? We really want to, to feel loved and we really want to belong. And it's amazing that when that vibrational shift changes, nobody likes you anymore. You know, when you actually, you know, rise up into your true authentic version of yourself, you know, your parents don't like you anymore. Your siblings might not like you anymore. You know, the relationship you might have is, might not be the same anymore. The business that you had or how you respond to your customers or the way you do your business, it's not the same and people don't like you anymore. You know, your health again, oh, oh, you've lost weight. Oh, look at you. Or you've done this to yourself. Or why would you do that? Or, you know, you've changed your hair color. Or you've gone from, you know, wild, beautiful, curly hair to, to dead straight. Like, you know, how could you? And all these things. Or, you know, you've gone, you know, you want to live where? You live in Mexico? What's wrong with you? Are you crazy? And just all these people's ideas and stuff. But at the end of the day, it's, it's your life and you have to do what's right for you and you have to do what is best for your body, mind and soul. And if that is not equivalent to how they see you, then you need to make that choice to say, well, you know, because of that, I can't allow you to be in my space, you know, in my personal space. It has to be at an arm's uh, length and it has to be every now and then. So that's the decision that I've made as a result of me getting a better uh, relationship with my higher self. And also, of course, my husband has been, you know, a godsend and, and extremely helpful by um, through, through the whole health thing. Because again, you know, you, there's so much misinformation in the world today about 
well, about everything, really. I mean, the world is not that we don't have enough information. We have more information that we know what to do with it. In fact, there's too much information that it's confusing. What we don't have is the information as to how to do what it is that we want to do. We have the what, what needs to happen, but we don't have the how to. And I used to think that I, you know, knew what health meant and what health is and how to get healthy and how not to be healthy, you know, and the whole stereotypes and the whole myths of, you know, if you, if you do weights, you're going to gain weight. And, you know, if you, you know, eat low, low fat and low sugar, you know, that's the way to go and all that kind of stuff, which were all fallacies, you know, um, Jonathan is one of these people that is completely loves knowledge and he loves to do research and he will spend hours and hours and hours just studying and learning and listening to podcasts and reading stuff and studying reports and listening to the experts and all of that. Um, and once I had access to that information from him, it was really easy for me to shift. And I, by, by no means I'm saying that I'm, um, that I'm a hundred percent, you know, cured or whatever, but it's now at a point where I understand it. And once you understand it, you know, holistically at, at your cellular level, then you can actually make the right choices for you. Because I, like yourself, had some um, allergy issues. And truthfully, some of those I, I, um, I actually haven't really um, um, dealt with yet. And I'm in the process of that. So like I said, I'm nowhere near 100% there, but it's definitely made a big shift to my health and to how I see myself and how I relate to food and how I think, you know, what food really is and so forth. But I mean, addiction is, is I guess, I guess it's also that, you know, that monster that gets swept under the rug as opposed to people actually admitting that they might have, you know, whether it's an alcoholic problem, whether it's a smoking problem, whether it's a sugar problem, whether it's a food problem, whether it's, um, you know, a drug problem, whether it's a sex problem, whether it's, you know, an addiction just to, to like I said, I was addicted to, to, to the dating apps, whether it's a, you know, it's an addiction to Netflix, like whatever type of addiction that you might have, people just don't really want to hear about it today. They, you know, they want to sweep it under the carpet and, and until you're actually ready to, to face yourself and to face your fears and to allow and admit to yourself and be aware to say, you know what, this is actually not okay anymore. Um, you know, like Tony says, once you actually raise your standards about yourself, mm -hmm. that's really when everything will shift. And it's just a two millimeter shift. It's never going to be, it will, the change will never, I mean, God forbid, I hope it doesn't, but most of the times it's never a big thing. Sometimes, yes, you might, you know, you know, touch wood, you might have an accident or somebody, you know, close to you might die of, of cancer or whatever, you know what I mean? But usually it's not, uh, it's not those big shifts. It's the little subtle ones that really change the trajectory of your life for the better. Yeah. Wow. Ellie, like, thank you so much for sharing. I had no idea with the question about the memories and Thank you so much for being so open and, and vulnerable and authentic about your memories, your first memory. I mean, this is the first time I've heard about the first memory in the womb. And um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's so meaningful in so many different ways to, you know, listening to you is already so inspiring to me and I'm sure also to all the other listeners and viewers to hear this story because, you know, I like to, I like to go deep, you know, the surface is one thing. It's nice on the surface, right? 
but I like to go deep and to, and to hear this, to me feel that we go deep because all of the things that we're doing now on the surface has a link to our core and to our, whether it's our first memory uh, that when we were in the womb or when we were three, I mean, everything that we have experienced from the moment of conception or inception. Right. And it, it has, it has programmed us, you know, Mm. it's in, in the source, we are light, right. In the source, we're just perfect light. We're perfect. But then on top of that, the layers on top, all the, the, the experiences with the programming, whether it's beautiful or, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly, these are so in our core that everything that gets like on top of that in layers. And I see this as like a sphere, right? It's not just yeah. uh, blocks. No, it's a whole sphere around it. And then who we are now so that's why the whole becoming more and more conscious, fully conscious is just becoming conscious from where you are now, all the way conscious of where, you, where you've been until now. And then also, obviously, we have the, you know, we have the layers outside that, you know, going to the, to the future and other places. But let's, let's stick here so we don't lose too many viewers or listeners. <laughs> so in this, you know, from where we are now in the surface, that edge, it's so important to be aware of what has happened. And for me personally, you know, every time I have discovered something that has been traumatic, that has been defining, def- defining a lot of my actions and behaviors and thoughts and emotions, I definitely did go through the whole step, you know, all the steps of like, what, you know, being very, you know, um, you know, being very mad and then you know blaming like how could you what were you thinking you're so bad you know like screaming and like this anger coming out and then going through oh my god like being so sad and it it hurts like it hurts so much you know and the crying and the crying and the crying and then at some point going through the okay now how can I use, because that's how we are also programmed, you know, that's our, that's also in our essence. It's not like Tony and all our other mentors have kind of remembered that, but in our essence, it's also like, how can we use this? How can we leverage all this freaking pain? You know, how can we leverage this and come up with empowering beliefs? Like how can we reprogram ourselves now? And then obviously also to think about, Oh, what, how was it for them? Why did they do that to kind of have that empathy and understanding? And personally, having gone through, you know, being 40 years and having gone through this process, you know, as a child already starting to kind of awaken, you know, getting traumatized, but also getting awakened in the, in, in, in the, along the way. Um, personally, I feel it's really important to go through those emotions and to allow those emotions, to surrender to those emotions, mm. to express those emotions you know, like, it's freaking okay to shout, you know, as long as you're not like literally, you know, aggressively hurting someone and like, you know, causing, causing pain in some way, but like that, that those emotions need to get out. Because otherwise, like you said, you're suppressing them. And then they might come out at a moment where you 
totally lost your control and something really, really bad happens for everyone, you know, everyone involved and everyone not even having anything to do with it. So mm -hmm. that's been my personal experience of going through that. And that's why I find it so meaningful and valuable for you to share these experiences. And, you know, and I recognize a lot, you know, in those stories from, uh, you know, not even one, not even wanting to have kids, you know, there's so many similarities. My mom never wanted to get married. One never wanted to have kids. You know, having me was only because she was bleeding constantly and she had a lot of different therapies and, and gynecologists. And at some points, one of them said, well, maybe if you get, you know, a third, another birth, maybe it will stop your bleeding. So that was like literally the reason for me to be here was as a potential stopping her bleeding, right? And then, yeah, sorry, mom, didn't happen. So her womb was... I mean, I'm not laughing at it. You know, I laugh a lot during these interviews and the, the laughing is not condescending to anyone or any situation. The, the laughing is just being at such a high vibration where you can see that this is one big game, one big play and myself as well, right? Playing different roles, having played different roles. Mm -hmm. You know, when I feel like when you're at that level, it's actually all very funny. You know, there is a funny aspect to it. Right. <laughs> so it's not like to take for you or, or, or me or any other listener or viewer to take it personally. Like, why the hell are you laughing about these traumatizing events? Like, it's not funny for your mother to take her womb out, right? But yeah, I got to the place where I can laugh about it. I got to the place where I confronted her, uh, you know, about many other traumas as well, where at some point I kind of disowned my parents because I was like, I'm, I've had it, you know, you don't understand me. Like we went through quite a lot, which was all initiated by me. Mm. So I am a very big fan right now from having the, having had the different uh, like methodologies, you know, we have all these different methodologies that we use. It's all about love and it starts with the love you have for yourself. For yourself. Yeah. And when you are conscious that, that, you know, that, that you as a fetus in her womb, you're going to like project all the freaking love unlimited to your, you, you know, you being as a fetus in her womb until your fetus goes like, okay, I'm good for now. You can project yeah. your love, you know, to the next one. And then sometimes that fetus might want that love again, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, it's also really about when I say no, to someone or a situation or, you know, whatever, I'm saying a big yes to me. To you. Yeah. I totally which understand is, that. Which is such a, you know, people. It's such a, it's such a blessing that you can, and such a gift that you can give yourself. Absolutely. Because as you said, it's our birthright. It's our right. birthright. And because you and I and all the other, uh, you know, divine creatures are, are showing this are leading by example because you don't lead, lead by telling others what to do or you know mm. what you should do you lead by example right that's exactly. how we that's how we learn from each other it's like oh what are you doing you know and then you get inspired and then you want to model that person right mm. so i i mean 
I mean, look at us, <laughs> us as in everyone involved who's listening, viewing us. We've spent decades to come to the point of that awareness, you know, multiple times. And then at some point you, once you've had that first big awareness of like, wait a minute, how have I been programmed? After that, the rest of your life, you're kind of deprogramming, de-learning, reprogramming. Yeah. It's like, like so much harm and damage has been done from so much, right? Not just parents, but like everything. And then we need to take our responsibility to heal ourselves. Oh, absolutely. So good job on doing it's, that. It's not our fault that circumstances made us the way we were, but it is our fault to fix. I mean, it is our fault if we don't fix them. Yes. I, yeah. I tr yeah. I'm 100%, 100%. So let's talk about some of the mentors who did inspire us, who kind of woke us up at some points or healed us. You know, um, we've mentioned especially you mentioned tony a lot because you've been already uh, with him since like 2004 right that's like 60 years already i Lucky mean you. tony definitely has been by far probably the most influential person but having said that there's also been others from you know oprah to mm. it de depending on whether we're talking personal or whether we're talking like i love jim Rohn, for example whether we're talking at a, you know from a business perspective like for example brendan bouchard um, there's been so many of them depending on whether it's been you know personal whether it's been health now um, i have some health mentors that i that i look up to there's a gentleman by the name of Dr. Jack Cruz who comes to Playa and does a lot of um, uh, retreats. Uh, well, he does one a year here, but it's all about how he discovered that just by being outside and grounding and getting sun onto your skin, he was able to lose like 130 pounds in a year just by doing that. Mm -hmm. So again, it, you know, the, the mentors, I am truly blessed to sort of, be able to tap into any of them whether it's you know napoleon hill and you know reading think and grow rich which is one of my favorite books to you know somebody that's that's new on the market or some you know 19 year old kid that has you know found a way to have you know seven million followers on youtube and you know grow an instagram account and things like that so there's there's this is what's great about the internet today is that we have access to so many different mentors. And one of the things that I also do, and I've learned this of Jonathan actually, is he has, he has, he calls them board members. So these are people that may not be alive and he will sit there and do his little board meetings with his board members when he has to, you know, make a decision or, has to you know decide a new way of doing things or is placed in a in a moment of um, uncertainty he always goes to the boardroom and he will have a board meeting with his board members whether they're alive or dead and then he will you know make uh, a decision and i think that's great so um yeah but no tony robbins has definitely been the most impactful uh, another somebody right now that i also respect a lot is dr john Martini, and he has uh, done 
very similar to Tony, but what I what I'm most curious about now is that he correlates the difference in values to your priorities. So for example, you know, you might say you might value health. Let's use health because that's, you know, that's a, a simple one and everybody goes, oh yeah, I value health. You might say that, but you don't get up, you know, at five to go to the gym or, you know, you will have three slices of cake as opposed to just the one, or you will go and choose the buffet uh, line as opposed to order a salad. And the reason for that is it's not about the values. It's about the priorities. And what you need to do is you need to match your priorities to your values, because what you do is really what you prioritize based on what you value so if you don't if you don't do like if you say you value something but you don't do it it's just that you're not linked your your values are not linked to the priority so it's not a priority for you for you to do that and somehow he teaches you how to actually identify if you're if you are in misalignment and what you actually need to do to um, get into alignment and uh, he has a he has a course in Toronto, uh, early first week in April, and uh, I'm hoping that it will not be cancelled so that I can um, actually go to it. But yeah. Oh wow! Thank you for sharing uh, all the other mentors as well. Um, you mentioned also Joe Dispenza, right? So that's right. Uh, definitely he's also in the in the list. And then you already mentioned a couple of books, a couple of Joe Dispenza's books, but also Napoleon Hill. Um, yeah, I mean, Joe Dispenza, he's got a few, Breaking the Habit um, of Being Yourself. That's, that's a great one. Uh, my favorite is still, you know, Think and Grow Rich would have to be my absolute favorite book. There's, I mean, every year I go through a book a week, that's like, that's the goal. That's what I strive for. Um, at the moment, I'm reading a book called Supercoach, which is a book all about, you know, getting to uh, to grow a coaching business, which is something that I'm helping, um, uh, you know, my husband with at the moment. But in terms of books, truthfully, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine my life without books. Um, I love books. And I'm, I'm I, like I said, I'm old school and I, I love the thick paperbacks. I, I, I'm not a fan of the Kindles. I'm not a fan. I do, I do enjoy the audiobooks. I got to tell you, I do enjoy the audiobooks. Um, but I'm not a, I, I like to hold it in my hand. I like to feel it, to touch it, to, you know, flip the pages to, you know, uh, I also like to highlight my books as well. So I definitely love, love, love books. Yeah. Oh, how do you do that with like all the traveling with books? Do you know, we now here have Ooh. a massive closet that it's kind of like um, it, we've turned it into our bookshelf. So it's it's got like five different shelves and it's it's about, um, uh, I don't know, one and a half meters wide um, on every level. And it's full with books, full with oh, books. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, we travel with them. I don't know. We're just really big, big on wow. books. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm also big on books, but from a practical point of view, I just do, usually I just do audible, like that's the, the audio books. Uh, but I definitely also, sometimes I'm like, I would love to just flip around, you know, and that's, that's another thing that I, that I do miss. But I'm also like such a minimalist. I've been minimalizing since I was like in my 20s. 
you know, mm. because it was probably like inspired by, by one of Oprah's uh, shows where it was like, you know, doing this metamorphosis, minimalization. So I started doing that already in my twenties. And so it's a thing that I've been doing more and more and more. And at this, at this point, like, there is definitely nothing extra, you know, and, but the books were definitely for me always the hardest to do the minimalization. So yeah, that has been really the hardest. So I, I still have books like physical books, but you know, I had to go get rid of like uh, some books that I was like, if it's about learning and growing, I keep them. But if it's just about, you know, some novel, then it has to be a really special novel for me to keep it. That's Yeah, no, I don't do novels. Um, <laughs> very rarely I do novels. And they're basically, they're basically um, all self-development, growth mm. books. Yeah. Yeah, same. It's all like spiritual self-development, yep. about growth. Um, yeah. Also, if I, if I watch Netflix, I, I haven't been like watching TV since like, I don't, I don't consider Netflix being TV, <laughs> but if I watch, I only watch like comedy or something to learn. It's if it's about learning and growing. Yeah. But lately I've been also interested in history. It's interesting. Hmm. Oh, maybe I'm, I am getting older. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So how about some quotes? What are your favorite co quotes? Okay. My favorite quote of all time is Tony Robbins' quote, and he says, it's in the moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. And that, that is, for me, that's like one of the most powerful quotes out there because we really are the only ones that can change our life. It's not about the external influences. It's all about the internal. And when we stop to look at the outside to validate our inside or to you know when we don't awaken the inside the outside suffers so it's all about allowing to not you know have put, put blame on the outside or have the external factors anything that we cannot control blame that for where we are in life or how unhappy or how unfulfilled our life is but when you realize that everything comes from within and, you know, again, another quote of Tony's is all you need is within you now. That's, again, so true. When you make that distinction, you really, I mean, for me, I totally feel like I can change the world. I totally feel unstoppable. I totally feel limitless. I totally feel like, you know, I'm, I'm flying out there, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, I think for me in my life, this, this has been the quote that has changed my life the most. So, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And how about the music and dance? Like what type of music do you like to listen to? What type of dance do you like? Okay. So, so now you got me. <laughs> now you got me because I don't think we've gone dancing in a really, really long time. And I didn't even know, but Jonathan is an amazing dancer. We, when we were living in Vegas, we went to Zumanity. And he got pulled up on stage and the guy, you know, he had to do this little dance and I had no idea what a hot dancer my husband was. I'm <laughs> telling you, it's really good. I don't know. I think truthfully, I, you know, if I'm completely honest, I think dancing is something that I definitely need to do a lot more of. 
and I don't even know why uh, I haven't done. But 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 let me let me throw out there something, Aya, and, and you tell okay. me. Okay. How about? Yes. We can we can use this to. How about you come down here to Mexico? Uh huh. Have like an old female, you know, meditation, yoga, plant medicine, dance, awakening of our higher selves. I would love to do that with you. Oh my god! I mean, this year. um, Yes. It it would be great. It would be great. Oh yes. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, I'm already like all into those topics, right? And I've, I mean, I've been also, as you, been to different types of uh, events and retreats. And I've had this, like a long time, I've had this vision of a certain forest type of location, like very organic, very wild, Mm-hmm. And all female, all women, yeah. but like wild, you know, like yeah. it's just very raw, yeah. unauthentic. And that, and doing all the different things, like the dancing and the plant medicine and all this, but like everything yeah. mixed, kind of like a organized chaos kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like, let's do it. Let's do it. I love I, it. I would love, I think, I think you definitely, we, we, we definitely have to look deeper into that. And I would love to put something together. I mean, Yay. truly Mexico is like one of the best places. They have so many healing modalities that you can do and experience, yes. you know, better healing, Reiki, gosh, meditation, uh, co- you know, Mayan astrology, te- temescals, which are like the, the heat bath, uh, the heat baths, they're um, like saunas, but they're like mm-hmm. outdoors, like a whole bunch of different healing stuff that I think. Oh my um, God. So I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited. Also like, because with some of the other interviews, it came up like, Hey, like after the interview, right. It was more right. Like, right. Hey, we're doing it now inside interview. We're, we're flexible. We're women. <laughs> we can handle it. <laughs> right. So right. yeah, it came up like, Hey, when are we all going to see each other? Let's do something somewhere. So now that you say it, it's just perfect. Yeah. Let's just do it. And, um, yeah, let's do is. Yeah. Oh, I'm just, you got me like too excited now. <laughs> so, um, one is let's definitely like catch up on that <laughs> afterwards yes. and then also uh how can people find you um do you have any like offer if not it's okay but like is there anything like how can people find you where how can we how can they reach you look and john hindsight of everything that's happening with the world because of coronavirus Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, one of the things that I started last year was Biofast Health Global, which is a health biohacking your body or your biology, actually, for a better body. And one of the biggest secrets, and I'm going to say secrets because it's not really a secret, but the media has used it as a secret, is the fact that liposomal vitamin C pretty much is the antidote to everything that's health related. So I'm talking about cancer. I'm talking about Alzheimer's. I'm talking about obesity, high blood pressure, any kind of cancer, any stage of cancer. I'm talking about, um, you know, losing weight as well, immune system, rashes, sleeping better, 
producing, um, allowing your body to rejuvenate so it can produce stem cells naturally, growth hormones, all of that kind of stuff. And uh, I'd like to offer it to your for your uh, for your viewers. So we'll put a link and we'll offer it to them. Yeah. But liposomal vitamin C, whether you get it from us or not, is really a lifesaver. And it's not just a preventative, but it's also a cure. And it's not, I mean, you can pretty much get it everywhere. The difference between the normal vitamin C and the liposomal vitamin C is liposomal actually gets uh, absorbed by the body 80 times, more, 80% more than actual normal oh. vitamin C. So for example, if you take, say, if you take 100 or if you take 1,000 milligrams of just vitamin C, only 20% gets absorbed by the body and the rest gets um, expelled. Interesting. But like some vitamin C, 80% of that actually gets absorbed by the body. And it's the biggest secret because they don't, you know, they don't want to have the cure for cancer because the pharmaceuticals are making billions of dollars saying, selling medications liposomal vitamin c will literally cure a lot of your health problems by no means i'm not saying get off your medication or anything like that but do your own research and is it is it a is it like synthetic or natural what what, what no is it? it's 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 the way they make it it's 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 made in a special in, in a special way like for example animals produce their own vitamin c Mm -hmm. So um, they don't need to, you know, when an animal in the jungle or in the wild or in, in Africa will have a fight, two lions get a fight and they, you know, rip their skins out, their body produces vitamin C. Us as humans, we don't, we don't produce our own vitamin C. Yeah. So we need to take True. it. You can actually make like some vitamin C at home, but uh -huh. there's, you need a, a specific um, machine type thing to, to be able to do that. But okay. it's really, really cheap out there. It's like the cheapest thing that you can buy uh truthfully actually right now there might be a shortage of it because uh, some people with regards to the coronavirus they're talking about liposomal vitamin c but if you really want to if i can give you an advice on you know how to live longer how to live your best life and we're talking again about health which is the most mm. important thing the number one thing you want liposomal vitamin c um, you, you actually want a combination of liposomal vitamin c as well as normal vitamin c and mm. if you can get IV vitamin C, that would probably be like even the best thing. That combined yes. with, you know, HBOT, which is hyperbaric oxygen chambers and um, ozone therapy as well. Yes. Um, the difference is in that extra um, oxygen molecule. But yeah, these are these are preventatives that we teach in our biohacking um, courses that we have. But to answer your question, you can find me on mm. Facebook. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ali.Michaels113, uh, I believe my thing is, or just go to Biofest Health uh, Global on Facebook or Instagram, Ali.Michaels. So. Cool. We're going we're gonna to make sure that all the links are in the show notes so everyone can just find it. And thank you so much for the offer for the li lipo, lipo C, liposomal C. Liposomal vitamin C. Yeah, I, I have to work on pronouncing that. And I'm really interested because I've actually, we've, we haven't talked about this before. So I'm also, this is new to me. But yeah, I've been, um, I know, I, I know I've been told whatever. So the, I used to, I used to have a lot of supplements because I thought it was super healthy. Mm -hmm. And then this past summer, uh, when I was in Turkey, I went to two different doctors that I regularly see there. Uh, I might have them also on the interview on the podcast as well, by the way. Um, so one of them, they're both very also like combining normal, um, 
the Western medicine with mm -hmm. uh, with all the alternatives, right? Right. And, and both of them, and one of has actually a whole like natural resort kind of thing where I also go to really uh -huh. recover even more. I go to both to recover. And they both said, leave all those supplements because number one, you don't need them. And number two, they're harmful. And I was like shocked to hear this from these two guys who I respect and consider being knowledgeable. And they both said, the only thing you do need if, as a supplement is vitamin C. That's the only thing you need because that's the only thing your body doesn't produce. So he's like, when you take a supplement, you, it's a supplement. If it's like, if you're off balance, then you need something extra, but it should always be temporary to get right. you in balance again. Right. So for me, I was like, I thought I was being super healthy. And they were like, no, 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 no. You know, don't yep. do that. And then also with the vitamin C, they told me like, take, because at the, the their place, I get it through an injection through the IV. I do ozone therapy combined. And then after the ozone therapy, they inject. Oh, it. nice. We're going to talk perfect. about ozone therapy. Which is perfect, right? And then, uh, so they said, if, if this is not an option and you need to have it in, in, the, in the pill uh, form, get the ester C version because that releases more and uh, it's not 100% absorption, but more than regular, mm. normal vitamin C. And now hearing this version from you, I'm getting like extra excited. Like I'm going to get into it and going to order it as well. <laughs> so thank you for the offer. And yeah, well, um, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Let's definitely, yeah, okay, we are going to definitely talk more. But before, like, let's say thank you and also thank you for the listeners and viewers. Ali, thank you so much. Like, ah, so happy to <laughs> have had you here and, you know, to hear your voice. Thank to you. you. And especially, no, thank, to you, you. thank you. Thank you, I really, I, I hope, I hope today's. Um, podcast actually has helped your viewers if they've got any questions i would love for them to reach out so i can answer any questions that they have but thank you for inviting me again it's it's been great and i can't believe how much you have grown so um, much love for that you're looking beautiful and radiant um, i still love you more with your straight hair that's just you know <laughs> But I love your wild hair, but I love you with your straight hair. And I'll do both. Hopefully, for you. hopefully we can get some wild, wild women down mm -hmm. here, September, October, and yes. have a wild higher self party. Oh my God, that's gonna be like intergalactic travel. Just contact Aya. Contact Aya and book and book your stay right now. <laughs> Yes, we're going to we're going to figure it out. We're going to make it happen. That's right. Oh my god. Thank you Ali. Thank you viewers. Thank you. See see you hear you all next time. Mwah. Bye everybody. Thanks for having me. Bye.
This episode of the Abundance Secrets Show was brought to you by the Abundance Secrets Angels. Abundance Angels, at your service to create more abundance of love, wealth, and health in your life and in our world. Abundance Angels is an online platform where people and organizations can find resources and share resources of abundance. Check out the website and mobile site www.abundanceangels.ai and sign up to find or share resources of abundance. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Abundant Secrets Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends. And please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me at aya.ai. Thanks for listening. <music>